Hello and welcome back to another episode of MCU Need to Know, a podcast dedicated to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and everything you need to know. I'm Trey. I'm Jude. How you doing, Trey? Well, Jude, I'm nervous. Same. (laughs) Same. (laughs) We're doing something completely new, uh, and we are not only doing this in person for the third time third I think. time third time we are we have video which may not be used at the end but we might at least get social clips which is what i'm personally aiming for we'll see we'll see we'll see so uh another thing that we're doing today is because that because we're together we're gonna go ahead and do a live commentary for the 2002 spider-man film the sam raimi one and in theory, you should be able to play this alongside the movie and hear us commentate with it live. Uh, I've never done anything like this. Jude, have you? I have not done anything like this ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I love watching DVD commentaries. Uh, it, honestly, that's probably why I still get the DVDs mm-hmm. uh, for the director's commentaries. I uh, need to pick up the Black Widow DVD because we've talked about this. You know, are you going to get the DVD with Black Widow, Shang-Chi, whether it being on Disney Plus? Right now, I, my answer is no, but gut feeling, I'm going to end up buying it. I my I think because we were talking about it with friend Daniel, he asked if we were going to get it. And I said no to Shang-Chi. And then I saw the Shang-Chi case. <laughs> I think I'm going to get it. <laughs> well, I think Tara got it. And she sent us a picture text as soon as she got it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I might jump for it. Yeah. Okay. Well... Well, you know, and this movie's about to be part of the MCU in a couple of months. (laughs) It's going to be interesting to see because as of right now... I mean, technically it already is, I guess, with the multiverse, but... Man, that's what's going to be so fun to find out in No Way Home because all we know is Doc Ock is in it. Yes. And Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin is laughed in the trailer. Right. With the pumpkin bomb. Yes. So whether this means those movies are now canon, those characters have been plucked, we don't know, but we wanted to take the time to do this and take advantage of being together. And honestly, at least for me, go back to a movie that's really started it all with my fascination of superheroes. Mm-hmm. So I, like, I remember going to the theater and watching this one um, and just being blown away by seeing like a live action superhero film. Oh, yeah. This is one of those to me right up there with the first Superman in 79 mm-hmm. uh, or was it 78, uh, 78, 79, where it was like, oh, we, we, we made it live action and it and it. We pulled it off. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the CGI caught up to where you could do this. Right. Uh, and it was great. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. I think we're going to go ahead and get into it. So yeah. the way we're going to do this is I'm going to count to three. One, two, three, play. And I will click play on the movie. Uh, you can start the movie as well. We are exactly the zero, zero start time. Wait, is it one, two, three, play, click? Like you can press a button or is it one, two, three, and you're hitting play at the the button the same time you say play? Same time I say play. One, two, three, click. It makes a difference. <laughs> it, it does. It does. Like I've seen Lethal Weapon 2 and it makes a difference. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here we go. You ready? I'm ready. One, two, three, play. And we're off. So, uh, you know, I've always wondered what like director's commentaries do during this point. Yeah. Because like, at least they have something to talk about in the making of the film. We're just right. here watching We're just here. <laughs> well, I will say this. Okay. I remember, um, I was talking with my brother. I think he came and saw it 
he said he remembered seeing it like right after I left town mm-hmm. or something. And I remember taking my stepbrother to seeing it uh, because my dad and stepmom took my stepsister off to college. Uh-huh. Uh, and that was like a six hour drive. And he was still in high school, still had band. And so I came home. He was there. I was like, dude, let's go watch Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. So, and I remember loving these opening credits. Yeah, they feel like it feels like we don't get this that much anymore. It's always kind of like the action and then maybe a title sequence. Yeah. And then the movie. Yeah. Well, Black Widow gave us an opening credits. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. That opening credits was intense. Yes. Yeah. I remember that was one of the things we talked about whenever we did that Black Widow quick reaction of like feeling like a return to form. Yeah. Of old superhero movies. Yeah. Which makes sense being a prequel. Oh, yeah. You know, I, <laughs> sitting here as we're waiting for the movie, it also does remind me of when I was a kid and just wanting to fast forward <laughs> through all this, <laughs> which goes completely against that philosophy I had whenever we did Daredevil, where I wanted to watch the credits as part of the whole experience. Right. But there's something about the pressure of like wanting to commentate that I would like, yeah. ah, let's go ahead and get to it. Now, Okay, so for those of you who are going along with this little experiment, we just saw the casting by credits. Mm -hmm. So if you're not seeing Spider-Man's chest just go across the screen and co-producer Grant Curtis, you're a little bit off of us. Yeah, that's a good call. Hopefully hopefully it won't get to... Music, Danny Elfman. (laughs) I like Danny Elfman. I I recognize the name. I don't know if I could pinpoint scores. Um, Other than Batman? Yeah, a lot of Tim Burton stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was, I believe, in the band, 80s band, Oingo Boingo. Really? Yes. Why does that name sound familiar? Because it was a good 80s band. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what would I know by them? Um, Dead Man's Party, Weird Science, No One Lives Forever. Weird Science, actually. If you heard it, you would know Weird Science. Okay. I knew Dead Man's Party. There's another one called Only a Lad. I think I've, you know. The name sounds more familiar than any of the song titles. But Weird Science. Well, I mean, the movie Weird Science is a theme song. Mm-hmm. Probably won't be surprised. I've never seen it. it. It doesn't surprise me on that one, actually. Really? Well, it's an 80s movie. <laughs> I mean, oh. this was before you were born. Directed by Sam Raimi. Here we go. I think we're getting to it. I'll see his name on a title card very soon. Man. How do you feel about Tobey Maguire as Peter? Uh, I think he made a better Peter than Andrew Garfield. Mm-hmm. Um, See, I feel I, 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 I this isn't new, mm-hmm. right? but like I didn't think Andrew Garfield was a bad Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Definitely didn't seem like Peter Parker to me. I think Tobey Maguire nails the Peter Parker. Andrew Garfield nails the Spider-Man. Tom Holland nails both. Now you, now you know who that is with uh, Kirsten Dunst, right? Who? That Joe Magliano guy that was in like True Blood and now what, Deadshot, I think he was supposed to be. And Yeah, I remember because I saw somebody making a meme in the subreddit about like all the different multiverse counterparts meeting each other mm-hmm. and the guy who plays Flash in Homecoming having to realize he's an alternate version of Joe Manganiello. Oh, that would be so great. <laughs> uh, married to what, Sophia, uh, what's her last name? From Vergara? her family. Yeah. Vergara, yeah. yeah. And he has his own like dungeon cave or Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, I remember because I saw pictures of him where people were like, oh, you know, 
cool people don't play D&D. And he was like, I play D&D. And he was like all ripped. I don't. Okay. There was bullies in high school. Mm -hmm. I know bullies still exist, but just the way they get portrayed here. Sometimes I'm like, I don't remember bullies being that like that. Yeah. They're a lot more upfront in the movies than I ever remember in high school. Yeah. It was a lot more subtle and brutal. Like the kind that makes you think about it like 10 years later. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> or maybe that's my own anxiety. Oh, sorry, everyone. I just bumped the table. If you heard my mic rattle. You know what's immediately sticking out to me? I haven't seen this movie in a really long time, but it, I see the memes. Like, because this movie has been used for so many oh, memes, yeah. it's weird to, like, feel its familiarity, even though it's been, like, years since I've seen this. Yeah, that makes sense. For me, what's sticking out right now is it's is the time period, mm -hmm. that early 2000s. It just, the, I don't know how to explain it. The, cine the cinematography. Color. Is, is, yeah. Well, no, I mean, it's like, there's the color palette. They're using um, just the lighting, the way, just the look and feel has that late 90s, early 2000s look mm -hmm. that you're not seeing in movies today. I got you. Yeah, it's 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 a criticism of the MCU that gets repeated so often about like, hey, all the movies look the same. Mm -hmm. But to me, that's the feature of it, not a bug because they're going for a connected yeah. universe. But it makes me appreciate when we get to something like this where it feels drastically different oh, yeah. from the yeah. MCU. But see, what I, what I don't like about that criticism is like, you can watch 80s movies and like, now mm -hmm. and you're like oh it's clearly in the 80s just by looking at it mm -hmm. and so it it's obvious mm -hmm. it's an unfair criticism yeah yeah i'm so i'm so glad they got willem dafoe to to play this part he you know i don't know much about spider-man outside of what this film established for me growing up so mm -hmm. to me I, I don't know if this is true or not but for me when i grew up and thought about spider-man Green Goblin was the Joker to Spider-Man's Batman of my understanding. And so having Willem Dafoe come back is such a pivotal yeah. pillar of my understanding. And it makes me so excited. Well, I think, I think a big part of that is because in the comics, it was Green Goblin that, that, well, I mean, I guess technically Spider-Man killed Gwen Stacy, but it was Green Goblin, the one that dropped her off the bridge. Mm -hmm. Now this does follow the Ultimates line more than the 616 line. Mm-hmm. Uh, mainly being the difference of like, it's a genetically enhanced spider. Mm -hmm. Um, so in the ultimates, they're more worried about, oh, genetics and DNA and, and that element of science going wrong. Whereas in the sixties, um, what you're worried about is, you know, atomic radiation. It was a radioactive spider. That makes sense of how that would change, uh, the way that fear is internalized within the characters. Mm-hmm. Also, this feels like it feels like I mean, it's not always the case, but it feels like we've gotten better of casting actors who look high school age <laughs> watching this and trying to believe that they're in high school is kind of a hard stretch. It is a little bit. <laughs> it is. Although I, for James Franco here, mm -hmm. I think at the time when this came out, the only other thing I knew of about him in was watching Freaks and Geeks, which I loved. Mm -hmm. This might be the first James Franco thing I ever saw. Because I, I didn't see Freaks and Geeks. Does it ever bother you that we didn't get the bite scene in Homecoming or that it was just kind of like understood? 
No, it didn't bother me. It didn't bother you. I guess the reason I ever think about it is because they have that moment where Ned is asking Peter, he's like, you think I could get bit? And Peter's just like, oh, the spider died. And it makes me want to know what happened in that, that spider. Moment. Yeah. But I guess that goes to the credit of the movie, like creating that lived in world feeling. Mm-hmm. Well, I think Into the Spider-Verse handled that so well mm-hmm. that I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm glad Homecoming did. Mm-hmm. I think we've got the point where like you have to subvert the expectations and homecoming's answer was just to not do it. But the way into the spider verse did it, where it was like a dramatic buildup and then he just like, like smacks yeah. it is so good. I've been there and done that on what as a teacher, uh huh. having to break up people talking during someone's presentation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't envy that position. I would feel guilty about talking over the people talking through the presentation. So that's another thing that I've been looking up. Uh, It feels like the photography aspect is pretty monumental to Peter Parker, but something we haven't gotten much of in Holland's Spider-Man. Oh, I haven't got it at all. The videography a little bit, but yeah, not, not straight up photography. Do you think we'll ever see it? Like we see it here. Uh, I think that's why they're trying to incorporate that YouTuber content creator culture. Mm-hmm. It feels like a more modernization, like the way J Jonah Jameson's is more of like a podcaster mm-hmm. or personality rather than like what oh, he yeah. is in this one. Yeah. I get that he likes MJ, but that's really creepy. What? Well, like he took multiple pictures is like not for the paper, but for him. Yeah. Just saying. Mm-hmm. I love the way that you can see the way they are showing the different ability he has mm-hmm. just in the way the screen reflected the ability. Yeah. Well, and I like how that changed the DNA to let us know, and it just said they're a new species. Mm-hmm. So, we know Willem Dafoe's coming back for No Way Home. Do you think we see this costume, or do you think it'll be something more updated? I'm going to say updated. You think so? Because how, how do you feel about this one? Um. Hmm. It's okay. At the time, I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Uh, here, after seeing some of the other stuff and what they've done, you know, I mean, because if you think about it, they're trying to make an attempt to like, how do you do Green Goblin and have that realism? You know, like what Nolan did with Batman. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's why Iron Man, I think, worked so well. Why they waited so long to get Doctor Strange in. Um, but the suit at the same time, wasn't quite practical mm-hmm. in the sense of like, they're going to sell that to the military. The mm-hmm. military's going to look at that and say, yeah, that's what I'm going to send my soldiers wearing. In particular, the helmet <laughs> that looks like a goblin. <laughs> well, he wasn't wearing the helmet in the test, so maybe that was just a flair that Osborne added in. 
Yeah. <laughs> but you're right. Like, I can't imagine, like, somebody selling that entire Power Ranger suit to the military. Go down to the Pentagon, <laughs> Department of Defense, and just like, hey. Hear me out. Your special forces need gliders <laughs> in a green costume that looks like a goblin. You know, I might be biased just because this was the first. I think they're my favorite uh, Uncle Ben in Aunt May. Hmm. You know, Jed Bartlett. Oh, wait. Martin Sheen. I'm a West Wing fan. Uh, Martin Sheen and Sally Field did do a good job. Mm-hmm. But I agree with you. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. I like the take of the homecoming Aunt May. Mm-hmm. Um, because... As I think through, like, this is like grandparents, what I'm thinking of. And when I think of my aunts, none of them to me, whether my aunts are grandparents now, but that's because I'm in my 40s. Yeah. But like when I'm Peter Parker's age, it's it's not. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll say this because I know it was it was a quote unquote soft controversy of like, hey, why is Aunt May so young in Homecoming? And right around that time that movie came out, I became an uncle. And so I was like, I'm young. Like, it was the first time that I was, like, in conflict with that. (laughs) What's wrong with young aunts and uncles? Yeah. But no, you're right. Like, it it does feel like they're more grandparent roles here. Yeah. But I I guess it's just the nostalgia. Well, see, this is where they neglect Peter. He just walked in, like, I don't feel well. I'm sick. He looks sickly. Mm -hmm. Go take his temperature. I guess it (laughs) was... (laughs) <laughs> look at him look at him like like if my nephew came walking in looking like that or one of my kids i'm like hey let's get some nyquil in you and, and take, take a take a take your temperature mm-hmm. well maybe maybe peter was having some trouble at home and they were just trying to give him space and maybe so let him come back to them but the more i talk about this and the more i keep watching what's happening on screen you have got the better take of them not being concerned enough <laughs> i mean look at that bump on his hand yeah. Also, like, he knew he got bit. Why not go? Maybe, and this might also speak to how I'm a baby, but like, if I get bit by a spider, it's like, stop the presses. Like, my whole day is ruined. Okay, so my stepsister is like arachnophobic. Like, like the worst thing in the world you could do is just text a picture of a spider to her. Really? Yeah, like, you just don't, yeah. Um, I'm not like that, but I'm with you. Because mm-hmm. I, have, I have a huge fear of like brown recluses. Oh, you just shivered <laughs> while just saying the name. Well, no, because like, again, in lawn service, like I run through spider webs, like nothing on a daily basis, just because sometimes I don't see them when I'm out cutting. And so I like, I'll get oh. bit. And it's just like, I was like, where's the medicine? Where's the rub? Like I got, I got, I got hurt. I remember, I remember cutting the grass. And looking up with all the trees and see all these like banana wet banana spiders and there. <sighs> the worst spiders. Also, Willem Dafoe is a lot more ripped than I remember. Yeah. How old was he when this came out? Man, uh, mid fifties. I'm gonna look it up. This was in 2002. Mm-hmm. He is, he was born in 1955. You know, this guy here didn't really have to participate. How come? Well, I just, I mean, when you think about testing and he's, and he already said you should take it back to formula and then Defoe is just like, 
hey, I'm going to down this and let's do it. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess you need somebody for him to immediately come out and show complete disregard for it to show the villainy. Yeah. <laughs> So wait, Willem Dafoe's 66 now. This movie came out in 2002. So he was about 46. Really? Yeah. Okay. I remember being so terrified of this scene just because like, no offense to Dafoe, but he already is kind of an intimidating looking person. Oh, God. <laughs> Yeah. So then to see him convulsing like this, it was like both fear and like fear for his own safety, but fear for the way it felt like he was almost deforming without deforming. Mm -hmm. Well, like, okay, so we're about to see this jump right here, Mm -hmm. right? And he has that move in the face. And and that's the thing is, and also why I think in the MCU, they wouldn't bring that costume back. It's because like, if you look at this right here, he's going to throw him. He's going to have that jump, put out his arms wide. Like, he can have a goblin look. Mm-hmm. Like, you could do what you do with the Hulk. That mocap. Oh, yeah. And d- take his facial expressions. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think about that because, like, you think, like, mocap, it has to be, like, something yeah. gargantuan. But it can be still modeled on without having to be as big as the yeah. Hulk or Thanos. This scene I always loved. I was like, just the way they did the blur. Uh-huh. The old glasses on and off. Yeah. I just thought that was so cool. It's a creative way to show that difference and that unfamiliarity. I think Planet of the Apes. Mm-hmm. The way they did Andy Serkis mocap. Yeah. All that stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that would be, it'll be interesting because I think another person we know is coming back is Jamie Foxx as Electro. Mm-hmm. And whenever that was like coming to fruition, the first thing he says like, oh, and I won't be blue this time. So yeah. we already know there will be changes. And even Doc Ock. Doc Ock looks a lot yeah, he looked thinner. Yeah. And, and it's probably because of the, a- the actor himself being in better shape. But we know they're going to be playing a little loose with the character adaptation. So I think you might be onto something there. This was a clever way to do the whole hero with the shirt off. <laughs> That's a podcast episode right there of showing the different ways the superhero shows have gotten the shirt off. It might off. be a whole separate podcast on its own. Heroes with shirts <laughs> off. <laughs> Oh, man. Not just an episode, but like a full show. You'd have to call it like No Capes or something. No Capes and More. (laughs) No Capes and More. (laughs) Okay. See, this is where I'm starting to lean back more into your side that they were neglectful to him. Because if they were truly worried, like it would be shocking that he's this like into whatever they were saying compared to yesterday. Oh, yeah. Like, like, what were you hung over yesterday? Did you... Were you on drugs? Yeah, you. I guess it's been a while since I've seen this, but you're kind of right about how creepy Peter is towards Mary Jane in this movie. Because we kind of got, we were talking over, but I mean, he was kind of staring through the window, and then now he's following her after the argument with her dad. Yeah. I will say also, as a high school teacher, 
what we just saw here just really ring so true of like the kids who like she clearly just had something bad at home go on Mm -hmm. and her friends show up and she immediately like my thought is like she wasn't still she wasn't in a good spot but she immediately had to like be good be on yeah uh right in front of her friends and 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 you watch it and it's it's like that is pretty authentic unfortunately Mm mm-hmm And and we're kind of reacting to this as it happens, and we haven't seen it in a while, but it makes me want to dig deeper if it's playing in that space of the superhero duality of like even the everyday person, like this is what they truly are, and then that mask that they put on as they go about their day. Mm-hmm. Man, back to the whole Willem Dafoe thing, and I was talking about how he scared me in that other scene. Like, see here, oh. That just scared me. That little black. <laughs> See here, he feels a lot more normal and approachable. I guess that's just the acting of of him. Yeah, that distinction of him. One, two, three, four. Was that five floors to that school? I didn't catch it. It's a big school. Oh, this scene. This is such a cool way to show that, like, change in reflexes. Yeah. Now, you know they did that, right? Yes. Like, that's insane to me. I don't know how. Like, I'm glad you said it because I was like, I wanted to mention that, but I was like, no, or am I just misremembering it? Because that no, looks they did too that. special. To, they did it. Yeah. Did they speed it up at all? I mean, because it looks way too fast for it to be normal. Yeah, I'm not sure, but I know they, they did that. Mm-hmm. Well, see, that's what we got to do now that we're incorporating video into this. We have to try. Oh, we're going to try to recreate that. We're going to recreate the the tray catching with all the food. <laughs> yeah, Trey's going to do the catching. <laughs> Are you going to be MJ? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> oh, man. So, okay. I love that about this movie. That and that they, is... That, that they went with the organic web. And there's okay. a lot of people that didn't... Um, cause, because he did invent shooters, right? In mm-hmm. the comic. And that's the way the MCU went. That's the way the Amazing Spider-Man went. I loved the, the web, the organic web. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there were plans for it to be a web shooter because I think there are some shots where you can see him building one, but it just got cut from the movie. I used to be, I like the idea of the organic webs because it makes sense. Like you get bit, your whole body changes. Right. Like everything but that. Yeah. Yeah. Why not just that? But the, somebody made a joke about the three Spider-Man getting together, Toby, Andrew and uh, Holland and then Holland and and Garfield looking at Toby and saying like, that just comes out of you. (laughs) And being disgusted by it. Well, you know that's going to happen now that you said it, psychic. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I always like this shot too. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed um, what they did here with between them and Flash. That pose is so bad. I'm I'm not a fighter, but there's something that feels inauthentic about the way Flash is holding his hands up. But don't tell Joe I don't actually fight him. 
Why does he have a bunch of ceiling fan chains on his wrist? <laughs> See, at this point, the school's got to know he's Spider-Man. Nobody just randomly flips like that. Yeah. That's the tension. <laughs> I love how Harry's like uh, immediately excited, like, whoa! <laughs> Leave it to the friends of Spider Man to always be like completely toned down. <laughs> it's like I'll screw Oh, hey. Sorry. They look, they, they know everything. Um, like, I always loved how Ned was like, can I tell everyone this is the single greatest thing to ever happen to me? <laughs> I like that shot there. Mm -hmm. It is funny, though, that they like that shot is to enforce the idea of like, oh, he got bit by a spider and now he's changing. It's funny that that would be what the catalyst for him putting two and two together and not webs coming out of his wrist. I always wondered, like, when they get that close up shot, she's like, okay, it makes sense. This is how he's going to climb up the wall. But does it mean like it would like hurt to like shake his hand or he's like, he, or I guess maybe he's an amazing back scratcher. <laughs> That's what he does as a side job. But no, you're right. Like, because that's like always one of the things that they do in superhero movies where they have to learn to regulate their power. So, for example, the thing that comes to mind is Captain America, where he's running and he crashes into that building because he doesn't know how to control his speed. I yeah. bet you that's something over time where he just has to figure out how to be able to shake a hand without being abrasive. Right. This scene coming up, I think used to live rent-free in my head for the longest time. And I would just idly as a kid try different ways to do like yeah. the spider web shoot. Well, I think it was a clever way to handle it. Because we <laughs> all know like how to make it go. I always love the hook'em horns. So, like, the Shazam is interesting because that's a DC character. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what? There's no definitive way for me to prove this. But I, th it feels like this is the movie that I remember the, f the phrasing of meta, like, becoming learned. Because there's a moment later in the movie where, where uh, Aunt May is like, you're not Superman, you know? Oh, and I always yeah. thought that was, like, so cool that they referenced another superhero into right, this. Right, yeah. And so I felt like this movie was, like, what helped shape that meta appreciation for pop culture yeah but it's just interesting they went dc mm -hmm. in both cases see in this scene nobody where, saw that <laughs> this scene where he's like swinging across the street i frequently mention i want my superpower to be able to swing like peter parker yeah that scene is a perfect uh depiction of what it would be like if i had that power <laughs> It wouldn't be the graceful swinging he gets to. I'd just be bumping up into buildings. This is a problem. Nothing breaks my heart more than seeing scenes like this where somebody had plans and that person just did it on their own anyway. Yeah. And like, I feel so bad for Uncle Ben without even being in this scene. You know what? I will tell you. 
Peter here benefited from the time period? Mm-hmm. Because if it was now, like it's a text message, that cell phone, and it's like, hey, where are you? Get home. Yeah. Come paint this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, there's so many movies that would be rendered useless if you just have the invention of cell phone. And and I love the way it gets modernized within the character itself, because look at the way Holland's Spider-Man is out there taking selfies or MJ has that joke of like, hey, don't yeah. swing in text. And like, yeah, it's fun to see how they adapt the changing technology to the character. This is apropos of nothing. I have that exact same gas tank on MJ's side of the fence. I do find it interesting because this is the second scene we've seen where they're having a rough home life. Mm-hmm. That I don't know how I want to put it. It just seems. Like they downplay the severity of living in an environment like that. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it's because it has no. It's not an examination of her horrible home life. It is a motivation for care for Peter's character. Right. So it's like what we talk about. We're like, oh, you can show negative things, but the movie has to understand why. This feels like the movie not understanding why. And it just being a catalyst for like, oh, this is how things are going to be better for this character moving forward. Right. Man, are we going to get Toby in No Way Home? Oh yeah. Just seeing him here in this scene again, like we talked about, like he feels like a great Peter Parker. It's hard to see him come back and be Peter Parker and be a lot older now. Mm -hmm. This might be dumb, but like he feels like he captures that aspect of Peter Parker. That's the, like the G Willikers, like that classic. Yeah. Like vintage Spider-Man. I don't know if this is like a side effect of us doing a commentary, but the pacing of dialogue feels a lot slower than some of the modern movies. Everything feels a lot more snappier in mm-hmm. the, the, today's MCU. Yeah, I think so too. Mm-hmm. And, and it might be what we talked about whenever we started doing the Disney Plus shows where it feels like these shows have given them time to breathe, mm-hmm. whereas MCU is packing so much into two hours. That is true. Oh, okay. I like that little transition to the next scene with the newspaper. Yeah. Do we get stylish flares like that in the MCU anymore? I don't think so. I think Hulk killed it. Hulk killed it. Oh, the, the movie uh, Hulk when they when they did the very comic booky. Yeah, I remember hating stuff. that one. I have not seen it. I just heard about it that it does that. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? I I talk about like 
praising it here. That's what ruined. Well, I guess I'm already halfway there. I won't say more, but that's kind of something that ruined uh, the new Suicide Squad for me. But oh, really? They had some creative transitions okay. like that, which I don't mind, but it takes me out of feeling of a connected world. Interesting, because there's there's a lot of like transitional wipes and stuff like that in Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars, I think, gets a pass. Okay, it's been doing it for a while. Okay, but I mean, like going back to the original. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I'm talking about it here. Look at the scene as he's drawing up ideas for his suit. Mm-hmm. The way they're juxtaposing the scenes of him drawing and fading in and out of other scenes of him actually drawing. Uh, this feels a lot more akin to that breaking realism of what I'm talking about. Yeah. And the wipes. I wonder who actually drew that. Yeah. Maybe Tommy McGuire is actually a great artist. Maybe so. Dr. Pepper. Thank you for help producing our movie. <laughs> so we're what, like 30 minutes into the movie, we're finally seeing some concern from Aunt May and Uncle Ben. Wouldn't you be too if you heard stuff breaking? Nah, it's just teenagers. Teenagers. Our 30-year-olds masquerading as teenagers. <laughs> it was still a good choice, though. <laughs> I love the way they did the maniacal laugh feeling as though it's echoing through the house, mm-hmm. despite it being something going on. I'll tell you what, doing head. this with the headphones, you can almost have that weird ASMR. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it went from my left to right ear and back. Hopefully that's just nothing I've done wrong with the wiring. <laughs> no, no, it was not you. Oh, man. I know. It's because we're getting to the infamous Uncle we, we Ben. Got, scene. We got a little ways to go. We do, but like you, you can feel it it's coming. coming and yeah. And I, I watched this movie when I was young enough because I would have been like eleven or twelve. Where, like now, if I see like, oh, there's getting an overly sentimental moment with a character, mm-hmm. that character's gonna die. Yeah. I was too young to pick up on that, so I was like, oh, this is great. And then like turning around, and Uncle Ben's gone. So this is the with great power comes great responsibility line. Mm-hmm. Is that a line from the comics or is this a movie original? No, comic. Comic. Oh, that's not a lot of pressure there, Uncle Ben. We don't have to create this idea of people being static. Classic line. Ouch. Yeah. And it's great acting on Uncle Ben's yeah. part here. Like, though, just the subtle nod. You can tell how hurt he is. Every time, doesn't matter what it is, this movie, any other movie, every time that line comes out. I was like, that's painful. Mm-hmm. The stop pretending to be. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think what makes this scene hurt worse is that there's nothing Peter's doing that is inherently wrong other than just trying to hide the fact of what's actually going on. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that he's being this cruel to him for no real reason just makes it that much worse. Yeah. Oh, step into the Slim Jim. <laughs> this I'm always reminded of this scene because whenever we would do the stream, there was a uh, a member by the name of, of uh, Bread Child. I don't know if you remember Oh, him, I remember Bread. But he would always frequently quote the, Bonesaw is ready. <laughs> <laughs> I got you for five whole minutes. <laughs> hey, uh, what's his name? Yeah. With his Oakleys. Oh, God. My, one of my friends, Lacia, has the world's biggest crush on him. I can't think of his name Bruce right Campbell. now. Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell, thank you. You think he'll pop up in No Way Home? No. No? Doctor Strange is the Multiverse Madness. Yes. He's, yeah. he's already hinted at it. Yeah, he'll be there. What's her name? I don't know, but I, she's very familiar. I know. Uh, I can't remember her name. Octavia Spencer. Yep. I didn't know she was in this. I wonder who's going to be the most surprising character or actor pop up that we just haven't thought about in a long time. Hmm. It might be that one. Yeah. Well, because I know Elizabeth Banks is in it. Elizabeth Banks? Yeah. Betty Brant. Oh. At, at uh, Day of the Bugle. That just clicked for me. You know, this makes me want to go back to other Marvel movies and track, and maybe it's not Marvel movies that originate with this, but track where movies learned that it's much more effective for other people to give the character the Spider-Man name or the Iron Man name, because it sounds ridiculous if they come out with it themselves. Yeah. In Iron Man, the press gave it to him. Mm -hmm. It's ridiculous. Hmm. Like I had to, I think the X Men movie. Did they already give themselves like was Wolverine going around calling himself Wolverine, Cyclops? I think so. Mm-hmm. I'd have to double check that, but I think it did. Yeah, that'll be a fun experiment to go see. You know, I just realized we're we're both drinking, um, Topo Chico. We can get away with it a lot more when we're doing stuff that we can edit. We can't edit out the burps here, and I feel so bad. (laughs) (laughs) I've been putting mine under the table as I open it, unscrew the the cap. See, he's surprised that this is a cage match. I'm sure that this was actually probably well explained to him and in the contract he signed. Uh Uh-huh. But as a teenager, just, okay, didn't listen, didn't, didn't read it, just signed it. Three whole minutes. But also, like, 
Is the cage that much more scarier than a cage not being there? Well, yeah, you can't get away. Oh, that didn't age well. No. <laughs> hey, look, Spider-Man's a poser. <laughs> have have you've been to wrestling matches before, right? Yes. I've never been to one. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. Well, I've been to local ones. I no, like, like I went to the WWF and it was WWF. It was where they changed WWE mm-hmm. uh, pay-per-view fully loaded. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was supposed to go to what's considered the best WrestleMania of all time, mm-hmm. but my transmission broke on the drive. Oh, I remember you telling Rob Logan that. Yeah. yeah. What? Best of all time? Yeah. If you go rank them, that's usually, that's usually considered. You know, for as ambitious as his design was for the suit being comic accurate, he got pretty close on the first go around. Oh, yeah. It's a very intricate spider design on his sweater. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The look on his face as he was expecting more money. His math doesn't add up. Why would he only get 100 for two minutes? This is a good scene. The way they set this up Mm -hmm. for him to have, for Peter here to have that reaction, you know, have that sense of like, hey, you know, I stuck it to you the way you stuck it to me. Mm -hmm. Well, it's like what we talked about in one of our what if reviews, like this is good writing. You set stuff up and the fact Mm -hmm. that he gets to throw that. It's not my problem. Yeah, that line right there. Yeah. But on top of that, the guy's like, hey, here's a, rob- a burglar robber with a gun. Mm-hmm. Hey, kid, high schooler, you could have taken him apart <laughs> yeah. for my money. Like, I guess I am bringing into the idea that he's Spider-Man. He can do it. But for the outside perspective, like nobody knows he could do yeah. that. Yeah. But I mean, it sets up into that, like, you just had the with great power comes great responsibility line. And here's your first mini test, which he fails. Failed. And this is what happens. He loses Uncle Ben. So it's it's almost like micro storytelling within this scene. And then we'll get to see that extrapolated on as he continues up all the way to the point where he has to choose between Mary J and the the random citizens. Yeah. Well, you have to have that, right? You have to have this here, not just because though it's comic accurate, but like the the mentor here that gave him the the, the challenge mm-hmm. of having this power and great responsibility, and this is who he loses. Yeah, and so it's a severe consequence for not heeding the advice. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and it's a tough lesson to learn, but it's. You know, it's part of that 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 hero's journey story circle we talk about. 
Yeah, I guess I haven't really gone back and watched Spider-Man since becoming more familiar with that hero's journey and the way that the steps incorporate into storytelling. But I've never thought about Uncle Ben. Like, obviously, he's a mentor, but I never thought about him in the sense of being the mentor in the story circle aspect of it. Mm-hmm. I like this shot here where the way the camera is like looking in between, I guess, the, the wooden post of fences, it yeah. feels uh, it's like you can feel like change happening within that scene. Now here, CGI. Clearly CGI. But I feel like it's holding up. Yeah. And the way on that run, so they can make that shift mm-hmm. from live to CGI, I think it was great. Mm-hmm. They mask it really well. Yeah. And this, and this right here is still like, I think it's done in such a way it's still believable. There's something about the, I don't know how to describe it. It feels jelly-ish. Like the, yeah. the human body feels like jelly, yeah. but it still feels believable. You know, the first thing that's come to mind, like I like how this is a callback to that first time of him trying to swing and we're seeing the change because he, he learns to shoot a second web. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice, gradual, like like uh, on-ramping that we've talked about, how they, you level up as you go along within the movie. Oh, yeah. And also, the, this, the movie counterpart video game is regarded as one of the best Spider-Man games ever. Like, it hasn't aged well at the time. Yeah. And, like, I remember just swinging around in that web suit. Or oh, in that I loved suit. it. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Just the free open world swinging was great. Your memory remembers it being open world and free. <laughs> I went back and played it like three years ago. I wish I wouldn't have. The memory of it is so much better than what I play. <laughs> well, it was open world free swinging for the time. Mm-hmm. Like it was about as open world as it could be at the time. Right. Yeah. Did you ever get around to playing the new PS4 one? The Miles Morales? Yeah. Well, no, just the regular PS4. Oh, yeah. Cool. I watched you play it on stream, but I mm-hmm. played it. You did? Oh, yeah. Are you in the group that feels like we haven't seen Holland active enough in New York as much as we're seeing like this right now? Um, I didn't know that group existed. Mm-hmm. There are people that are, are are very upset that like the first movie he didn't have a lot of swinging city swinging, and then the second movie he wasn't even in New York, and then this third one we don't know where it's going to be. But yeah, there's kind of like a vocal. I get that, and I understand it. Mm-hmm. Do you think of Spider Man in New York and city swinging? Yes, I love this shot here. Yeah, and with Spider Man upside down, he learned that move really quick. Um. You know, but. Well, you know, as we're watching this, it reminds me a lot of Daredevil. Well, it it's. Well, watching it like how violent he is right here. Mm-hmm. It's right in line when you're playing Spider-Man with the game. I mean, if you think about the game, like Spider-Man wrecks people. Brutally murdering. But like the wink, wink, not actually murdering all, all but in like actual name. Yeah. 
You know, and I like about this too, where we're seeing Peter pin the gunman up against there as against the wall. And then he has the flashback to realizing what happened to uncle Ben. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's a pause on him being, uh, as violent. Well, I was going to make that point before realizing this guy falls to his death. <laughs> I was going to say, maybe that's where Peter learned to be not so yeah, like the no death rule. Yeah. But- well, it's just, it is. Well, I mean, you can't have Spider-Man kill right here. And so I get the trip, you know? Um, well, it's like what we talked about a lot with Daredevil, where I can't remember who it was, but it was like, was that Daredevil's fault? Like, yeah, this that feels the same conversation here with Peter. Yeah. Like, how much of the onus is on Peter Parker right there? Because he was like bowing up to him. A lot. If I'm not mistaken, that was the transition in the video game to getting the full suit. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember that eagle little statue. (laughs) You know, for all the praise we give the MCU about being this connected world and how everything builds off of it, watching this and then remembering all the other payoff moments within the trilogy of Spider-Man. Like mm-hmm. they did such a great job of making this be a believable world. They did. Cause I'm immediately thinking of that scene in Spider-Man two, where he reveals to aunt May that what happened and how hurt she was. Yeah. And this scene that just happened in that one just feels so interconnected. Oh yeah. This mech right here screams early 2000s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's still, it's still burdened with the aspirational hope of the future while also being a little bit sleek enough to be believable. Oh, that was a nice shot of the debris turning into the caps. Yeah. I don't know how there was a bigger manhunt for for Osborne after that when you just killed, like, Department of Defense people, but... Especially when, like, that was the suit. Yeah. The one. Well, and that was... We're talking, like, military officers. Mm Mm-hmm. This is terroristic, domestic <laughs> terrorism. <laughs> that too. And I guess to cover my base here, I, they did say the suit was stolen, so it could have been anybody. But I mean, as puzzled as he was when they revealed his assistant was dead and he was like, what? And he was the last known. You got to believe there's some leads on him. Man, that TV feels so old. I mean, I know this is 2002, but... Mm-hmm. 
Do you think the MCU is missing Uncle Ben? Like, we know it's implied. We've seen the suitcase. We've known the references that Peter makes without actually saying it. But seeing this scene where we see Tobey Maguire being very emotional about Uncle Ben being gone, it makes, like, I've always been in the camp that I was okay with it, but it makes me wonder if there is something to that aspect of Peter being missing in the MCU. Because this was just really moving for me right here. Mm-hmm. I think I think Holland and Marissa Tomei could have done this really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they've tried to still have Uncle Ben mm-hmm. by through Stark. Yes. And, and try to do the same things. Mm-hmm. Like, I've always liked Stark as that stand-in for Uncle Ben because of the meta-knowledge of knowing, like, we've seen Uncle Ben so many times. Yeah. But I haven't thought about that coming back to where it started and, like, feeling like that's a core thing missing. Mm Mm-hmm. Peter's a good artist. He really is. He's got photography. He's got uh, art. He's got a lot to fall back on if the Spider-Man thing doesn't work out. Yeah. Who do you think made the suit for him? Or did he do it? I've always wondered about that. I just assumed that he made it himself, Mm -hmm. but... I love how the villains or the petty criminals are such archetypes mm-hmm. uh, of wearing just like the black ski mask and sweatshirts. <laughs> I've always loved that part. All these little details are completely new to me. Like I have the broad swath memory of this movie, but I love yeah. that. Ah, uh, J.K. Simmons. I'm so glad he's back. Well, I'm glad he's back. Here, he's endearing and he's funny. Yeah. The way that he's like being depicted as like an Alex Jones type. In Far From Home, yeah, I'm having issue with. And I will say, I think the MCU only took half a step there. But when you pair that with the Spider-Man game where it is full on mm-hmm. like conservative radio talk host guy. Yeah. That's where it's like, Ugh, I don't know if I like J. Jonah yeah. Jameson as See, much anymore. Elizabeth Banks there. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. Because at least right here, you're still in a caricature of sensationalist journalism mm-hmm. whereas now sensationalist journalism is so much part of I'm going to say all journalism but some journalism that it's it's not a caricature anymore so it's not funny yeah 
Well, like the people who make the people who make GTA have come out and have said it's getting harder and harder to make a satirical game like GTA with current events. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, I see what I see what you mean about the character of uh, journalism. But I mean, I was going to bring it up. I've seen it. It brought up in the Marvel Studios subreddit before as a pushback on that change of his character that even at his worst, he still was somebody who was like honest and fought for truth. It was just that one irony that he hated Spider-Man, despite Spider-Man being a good person. Right. So to take that new angle with him is going completely different from the character himself. Mm Mm-hmm. Man, MJ can't catch a break in this movie. No. That feels like a disconnect from the Harry we were introduced in the beginning of like her being worried he would think her waiting tables is a low thing. A little bit. Yeah. Well, I guess how much of a time jump is this supposed to be? That's that's hard to tell. Because mm-hmm. he was in high school, graduated. Right. And now they're post-graduation. Also, how how could you be in a relationship and not know, you know, what they're doing, like their job? Yeah. Depending on how, how long that relationship's been going. It's got to be a huge time jump because here Harry looks a little bit more dressed up Hair's a little bit more styled. Yeah. They're clearly going for a more older time jumps look. What a disappointment that this this trilogy was building up to Dr. Connors. I know. Being a villain and it never got paid off. I know. Maybe I'm just painting in broad strokes, but that makes me wonder how much this Spider-Man trilogy was a blueprint for setting an established world. Because they, coming back and looking at this, they did create so many cohesive hooks between movies. Oh, they did. They really did. And then they tried to cram them all in together in the third one. <laughs> It's always been one of my favorite aspects of Spider-Man that he was his own photographer. 
And anytime you see a shot of him like webbing up a camera to have the perfect angle is fantastic. See, right there, I think that was CGI, and that looked really good. Mm-hmm. This movie holds up a lot. God, J. Jonah's hair. <laughs> Big bottle of Rolaids on the, on the desk. <laughs> Toby McGuire is so good about having that just grin on his face and just being like, what? You know, for somebody who was supposed to be a timid character, he's pretty, mm-hmm. pretty confident going in there asking for a job. Also, you blew my mind. I never put together that that's Elizabeth Banks. Yeah. <laughs> now, the age difference between them, even if you time jump a year. Mm-hmm. He is bold. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you're Spider-Man. You have confidence. I guess so. I'm ready for Oscorp and uh, Osborne to be in the MCU. Same. Whether it's him or if they establish their own. Oscorp is what my money's on for the Stark building. I think that's the revelation. Hmm. I know the lead theory is the Baxter building. Baxter. I'm I'm in the Baxter camp. I think it's going to be uh, Oscorp. That was a very aggressive sip of tea. He's so good. He's so good. Like (laughs) there was something about the way that his jaw was clenching that just made it feel sunken in and it was getting more villainous just by being there. Here's Macy Gray. (laughs) Well, not on the screen yet, but she's about to start singing. I just realized like people are going to be panicking. Like I don't see Macy Gray. It's (laughs) Macy Gray's on the way. There's Macy Gray. There it is. Man, this is such a time capsule of the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. This fight sequence here, I always loved. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, this is what I was talking about. Like, 
how the memes are more fresh in my mind than the movie. Mm -hmm. There's a there's one that uh, Kiko always used to put where P Spider Man's running around and then Green Goblin's just to the top right of the picture, and it's yeah. usually like like Kiko did like Trey asking what the highlight of my day was, and then Spider Man was me running away from the question. <laughs> <laughs> Peter feels like he's always just staring off in the background. <laughs> hmm. Oh, singular. That's a logo I haven't seen in a while. I had singular. Really? Yeah. Then AT&T bought it. Again, how did they not recognize their own glider? Oh, there it is. There it is. <laughs> well, they need binoculars first. He was, he was I guess I gotta give him time. I, I felt your AC just kick on. I know. I'm so happy about that. <laughs> I'm trying not to have fans on for the mic quality, but man, it's hot. Hey, Centauri whiskey for relaxing times. Make it Centauri times. God, those pumpkin bombs are iconic, man. I know. I know. Also, I remember I had this toy set. I had the Mary Jane Watson and that little statue. I didn't realize this was a toy set. Yeah. And the, the toy would fall. There was Stan. Stanley. Somebody had to see that, but okay. <laughs> Look, but he did the right thing. He did the right thing. Of course. Save the people. Don't worry about your identity. Save the people. There's a lot of things going on, though. I'm sure nobody's going to notice. Also, the Superman. Superman. <laughs> well, you know what? I really want to go back and watch. What was it? The 89 Superman? Would, would you remember what it was? 79? 79 Spider-Man. Yeah. Because I've read... Spider-Man, <clears throat> Superman. No, Superman. I've, I've, I've read that apparently that's a blueprint for a lot of the MCU, and whenever they start a new project, they'll watch that original Superman movie. Oh, then we we might have to do this with the Superman. Yeah, that'd be fun. I've never seen it, and I would love to go back Oh, and really? See. Okay. Yeah. That Why did that surprise me? Yeah. I've, well, and at least in this case, I've never been a big Superman fan. That's right. Uh, this sequence right here is always so cool. That feels like such a kid move mm -hmm. to just stand there. <laughs> you know what? My dad was showing my nephew this movie. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed an increase of my nephew going, oh boy, I wonder if that's where he picks it up from. Because <laughs> I mean, he's a little kid, like they'll always just glob onto that one phrase. Yeah. I bet you this is where he got it. I tell you what. Um, also, that's the meme, the Kiko meme. Yeah. I tell you what, I like, my favorite suit is the homecoming Holland suit, mm -hmm. but Raimi's suit is so cool. It is very cool. I think, 
the homecoming suit was my favorite until the the updated suit the with the black trimming. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it would be black trimming, homecoming suit, and then this one off the top of my head. Well, you know, the original, like from the 60s, the original Ditko was black. It wasn't blue. Mm-hmm. And it was just like they, they used blue for the, the highlights and shadows yeah. on the black. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like you could see with my Captain America poster over there, the blue and black. Yeah. Just the alternate alternate way they do it. That's so cartoony. Yeah, it is. And like, how did you know to call him Spider-Man there? But I loved it. <laughs> we'll meet again! Fish shaking in the air. There's a... I don't know how to describe it. Like the way he just bounced up and down, like the weight yeah. of him on the webs. Yeah. I don't know if I feel that in the current movies. That was cool. Well, again, we haven't got a lot of swinging in New York like this. True. Yeah. But there was something about that that felt believable. Yeah. Do you recognize this set right here? Uh, Daredevil. Yeah. This is where Fisk and Madam Gout meet. Yeah. They're meeting. Wouldn't it be amazing if you just see them in the background? <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> Why is that so funny? She does. She's not lying. This is an friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Oh, I don't know. There's something that was just so dramatic about it. You know who I am. Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. <laughs> It's an oddly placed bandage. I mean, I'm sure it happens, mm-hmm. but when you're a, like, everything's a choice in a movie. It's a weird place. It's it's like I know that's James Franco, and I know he's younger here, mm-hmm. but I don't see James Franco. It's just like it's Harry. Yeah. Now it's interesting. Just you're gonna bring this up, like Seth Rogen. I don't think Seth Rogen. Yeah, Joe Rogan. Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen. Joe Rogan's the right. podcaster. That's right. Seth Rogen won't work with him anymore. Really? Uh, the allegations? Yeah. I didn't know that. Like, he's publicly said it. Wow. I say, I don't know. I haven't been updated. I know there were some allegations whether or not that's right. been forward. But yeah, I had no idea. They, they stopped working together. Do you think Osborne blacks out in moments where he becomes Green Goblin so it is truly surprising to him whenever he hears this voice? I think that's what he has been doing. Mm-hmm. I think this right here, the scene in the mirror, which is fantastic coming up, is where the blackouts stop, if that makes sense. Becomes more integrated, maybe. Yeah. 
What year was uh, Lord of the Rings The Two Towers? I'll have to look that up real quick. I'll look it up. 2002. Because I'm immediately thinking of that Schmeagle scene where the camera oh, just yeah. alternates back and forth. But this feels like the first example. But I mean, they they must have been working on it concurrently. Or at least they couldn't have influenced each other, from my understanding, of the release times. Mm-hmm. The shirt, this uh, shot reverse shot here. Yeah. In the mirror is great. The way it's framed too, like you could see his eye mm-hmm. is just completely in the dark. Well, see, the thing is, is it started where you saw the frame of the mirror and the camera's pushing in mm-hmm. and, and like they're completely melded together now. Like yeah. that, that the, the frame, so to speak, is gone. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. <laughs> God, I'm so glad he's back. Okay, I took it back. He just littered. <laughs> oh, it gets thrown back. See, this right there, he's protecting Peter's identity. Yeah. <laughs> the meeting between Goblin and Peter happens a lot quicker than I remember. Mm hmm. Or unless we're getting closer to the end, then I think. I don't know. Move the mouse. Where are we at? I don't want to accidentally pause it and get oh, something. Oh, that's fair. Uh, 115. Okay. So we got about 45 minutes. Wow. This, this is moving. This movie's really well paced. It is. See, I feel like I remember this scene being one of the last scenes. See, now here's the difference between the tech then and the MCU. Mm-hmm. You have the eyes open. And he's saying so much with the eyes. Yes. But when you come to this shot here, I'm like, oh, it's Power Rangers. Yeah. And the way they've got the eyes to be emotive with Holland Spider-Man. Yeah. But but here, he would have had the whole helmet in the MCU now come off kind of like Iron Man. Oh, I gotcha. I gotcha. And so like you would have really got the full thing. Mm-hmm. See, I thought you were going for the like, maybe we could do something a little bit more emotive, but you're no, right like, everything's yeah. nanotech now yeah i mean because you remove the eyes here so you really get to see his expressive eyes which is great right but you lose something on the wide shot mm-hmm. and then you're right on spider-man with the mm-hmm. 
not that he doesn't do well with the mask on. I'm just saying like oh, the yeah. differences between this here and, and what we'd get now. Well, you say Power Rangers, I'm assuming as the design of the suit, like Green Goblin feels very Power Rangers-y. Yeah. But I think you can also be interpret that as like how, not static's not the right word, but it was very like, jerky yeah in the spider-man fighting and that's what it feels like with goblin here until they go to the cgi yeah see this is what we were talking about whenever we were doing our daredevil run of if they get to the point where they bring Daredevil and Peter together in No Way Home, who mm-hmm. better to understand the city turned on you than Peter Parker? Right. And if they keep the canon of the Netflix movies, Matt could almost be that guide for Peter, this new Peter going mm-hmm. through it. Yeah. Man, Marvel really loves their cheeseburgers. (laughs) You know, I'll say this. Going into this, I was wondering how this would be because we've never done a commentary before i do find myself getting sucked in and just wanting to watch but also realizing we need to commentate as well (laughs) come on peter she's interested what are you doing but okay hey there's the tiger drop i know Oh, this is that scene. Yeah. If he can't tell she's interested right there, what's good the Spidey sense for? <laughs> well, that might be crossing into creepy boundaries. So maybe it's a just great reservation. Okay. Okay, let's do the this trope. Damsel in distress. It still works though. This is a the classic scene. The whole you know the 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 kiss mm-hmm. and he inexplicably has his mask off for some reason well i guess he got changed in a hurry look this suit doesn't have stark tech uh huh. I'm wondering if, like, he just couldn't see. Maybe with the mask on in the rain. That is a that is a possible limitation of the suit. I mean, he talks about how it rides up in the next yeah. one. So,
it's so funny to me how this is like an iconic scene and they have come out and talked about how miserable this scene was because it was so hard to do the kiss scene upside down. Yeah. <clears throat> Hello. Okay. I thought something happened where it wasn't recording, but it is recording. <laughs> well, I'm worried because it says detected drop samples, and I don't know what that means. Oh. But it's still recording. Okay. So if you're listening, we're still with you. <laughs> we were too engrossed in the scene. Okay, so oh, okay. I do remember this scene because for whatever reason this has been the talk of Twitter today. Yeah. Really? Okay. What I just find interesting there is I just the first Miles time. Teller? I'm kidding. It's oh, not that... No, it's not. No, Miles Teller. I was just saying, wow. <laughs> well no, I just when, when he when he when Spider Man was swinging the the first time where I don't think the CGI held up in the web. Mm-hmm. I didn't even see it. I was too concerned about our recording. Okay, so yeah, that scream is horrifying. That's so interesting. What? Well, a number of things come to mind there, right? Like, like they go in. He goes in right here. And this is I, again a sequence. Another sequence I love, but. Would they film this the same way today where these first responders aren't willing to run in? Hmm. You know, cause that is a particular look. Yeah. That I wonder if they would show that today. Um, and then honestly, my other thought was he was holding that baby. It was just like, how did the baby while swinging, not get like say, shaken baby syndrome. <laughs> it was like, he just holding it tight enough. Uh-huh. But at that point, like, are you crushing the kid? Like there was a delicate balance in there. That was really good. And that's part. why he's the amazing Spider-Man. Also, this is the scene that I was talking about. That's been the talk of Twitter today where the goblin was in the, the, the cover and was yeah. a jump scare. Uh, everybody on Twitter was like quote tweeting that image and saying like, yep, this was the first time I experienced a jump scare in a movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This here dodging these. I loved the fact that he said gobby mm-hmm. was great. That's got to be Matrix influenced, right? It, yeah, I would think so. Because that was 99. That there yeah. has to be Matrix influenced. Gobby, is that like a comic nickname or was that something? In oh, this? Just, just the, you know, just the Spider-Man one-liners. Mm-hmm. It's the... And that's, and that's where I think everybody would say like Holland... And Garfield did better than Maguire mm-hmm. in having those types of lines land and hit better. Yes. Garfield, I think, maybe even better 
on the one-liners. Garfield's one-liners are great. I still prefer Holland. They're, well, they're better than Maguire, yes. <laughs> I, there was a swagger to Garfield's Spider-Man. Holland Spider-Man is like as if Peter Parker like became animated out of the comic. Okay. came real to real life. Like he is Spider-Man. Yes. And I think Holland captures that like, whoa, that's so cool kind of aspect yeah. of Spider-Man. Yeah. As well as the comebacks. Absolutely. absolutely. That's why he's the best. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Why they would be having Thanksgiving without him? Yeah, that was creepy. That look up and down. Mm-hmm. Every Spider-Man's gonna have a scene where he's caught maskless in his room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that that's got to be at least the one commonality between the three Spider-Man films. And into the Spider-Verse, so all four. Yeah. This scene is really cool. It's gross. But the subtle little drop of blood on the ground, and then Osborne picks it up, or hears it, is wonderful. That looks like ketchup. It does. It's way too much blood for that drop. Well, I mean, this is like, and I know... I know this is just like connecting dots here, but this feels like the precursor to the uh, Adrian Toomes reveal. Like this oh, yeah. breakfast dinner or no, yeah. dinner. Uh, this family meeting and then him in the car with yeah. the light changing. Yeah. Because this is where he figures it out. Mm-hmm. I know the scene is supposed to play out like we know Osborne's the bad guy mm-hmm. and Aunt May is playing with fire by slapping him on the hand like that. That's just rude regardless if he's the I Green know. Goblin or I not. Know. <laughs> I mean, they're both in the wrong. He shouldn't have just grabbed that with yeah. his bare hand, but I can't imagine slapping another adult's hand. <laughs> <laughs> and the light switches. But see, and this is this is a reverse of the way it plays out in Homecoming, where the villain finds out before Peter, but Peter finds out before That's Tombs. Right. That's and right. so it's a really cool flip that they got going there. And I think the Holland version is the better way to do it because that's Peter's whole stick, right? Yeah. Balancing everything on the on his shoulders. Oh yeah. So placing the onus on Osborne to be in the know here isn't as impactful as it being on Peter.
Yikes. People listening to the commentary won't see our facial expressions on that line. <laughs> yeah, and I don't even think I'd use it. This is a social media clip. We're just both kind of stunned. <laughs> God, and that's so like the way it just influences them to continue being bad at her instead of the original source of. I know. Ugh. I do like this because you you wonderfully walked that scene of how you see the frame gone. They have meld. I like this humanizing of Goblin, or I guess I should say Osborne, mm-hmm. where the thing that is giving him pause is that he doesn't want to kill Peter Parker, who's somebody he's known for a while. So right. I like that we've got this split here. Yeah. And also, I remember having the toy where the mask would sit on the chair like this. Where was I? <laughs> I had a bunch of these Spider-Man toys. Let me see if I can find it. That noise y'all hear is Trey digging in the closet through his toys. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to find these and they're going to be like not as great as I remember them. This scene always used to scare me. I was so concerned for Aunt May. Yeah. I'll look for it later. There's too many to see. I was just about to praise, like, I love how they're showing you that Peter's realizing it without him saying it. And then he just goes and says he knows who I am. But even still, like, that's something that would be an internal dialogue for anybody else. And he he delivered it well. Mm Mm-hmm. I think this is the scene that I was talking about, the you're not Superman, you know. My battery died. Oh, okay. I had a, if this does become a video, I had an overhead light above us and the battery just died on it. <laughs> well, it, but it did it just as I adjusted on my seat. So like, I thought I like sat on your remote and turned it off. You're like Dr. Grant, just like barely touching the computer. <laughs> Okay, so maybe this isn't the uh, you're not Superman, you know, scene. But it is coming. You're right. Like, it's right in here. Mm-hmm. You know, re-watching this, there's not that much Spider-Man scenes. Hmm. Like, so far, the biggest Spider-Man scene we've got is the parade. And we've had, like, we've had some quick shots here and there. Yeah. But as far as, like, a full-blown sequence... And don't get me wrong, like that the stuff they're doing in between those big sequences is good enough that you don't notice, but when you pull back and think about it, it's it's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Because think about the criticism that Iron Man 3 gets. It's like, oh, it's not an Iron Man film. He's not in the suit for most of the film. Yeah.
I love how this scene is playing like Peter's being supportive with the like, trust me, it's fine. But it's obviously he knows he's Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> This scene is weird enough on its own, but knowing it's supposed to be that awkward teenager-ish, yeah. early 20s, like, okay, I could see it, but they're clearly older than that just makes it that much weirder. <laughs> it reminds me back in the 90s when kids would be like, I need to know if they like me. And so you do like that three-way phone call and somebody says silently as you ask. <laughs> That's what it reminds me of right here. <laughs> oh, man. I vaguely remember hearing about stuff like that. The three-way call. Yeah. Let's call and find out if they like me. Well, I just remember like yeah. the, the envoy you would send of like a friend to go like, hey, what do you think of this person? And they would come <laughs> back and tell you. <laughs> and these are adults. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad the MCU with Peter, uh, the Holland Peter, has gotten the right amount of awkwardness for kids in high school. Right. <laughs> I guess because they are closer to their well, that, age. That's, that's one of the things I remember about Homecoming is that feeling like like this is how kids... Yeah. What, like that scene where Ned gets caught in the library helping Peter and they're like, what are you doing in here? He's like, uh, watching porn? And yeah. like just the way that yeah. he delivered that line. <laughs> well, the one in the bathroom where he's just like, go into the bathroom. Like, like you know... <laughs> Here's your scene that you've been looking for. The first time that I learned to think about things meta. No, this isn't it. No, because um, Aunt May's waking up. <laughs> if you take the Spider-Man parts out, this feels like a soap opera. <laughs> <laughs> And I think you could even leave the Green Goblin stuff in based on the way this scene's playing out. You know, we were talking about it earlier, how there was a disconnect in the way that Harry was treating uh, MJ based on how he was in the beginning. I think there's a subtle storyline going here with, with Harry getting more and more... Well, he's becoming the father. Yes. Because he was, I've never noticed it until this watch of like how he was happier and go free and like, yeah, like he wasn't as clean and cut as he is here. So, yeah. And it's, it's very appropriate that we're seeing the father get more disheveled. Mm -hmm. They're wearing the same clothes here. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you can see like it's not ironed. His sleeves are rolled up. It's not buttoned all the way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
He's experienced in equity. <laughs> this feels like the same level of writing of like, I'm going to kill you dead. <laughs> and I hate to make fun of it because it's, I love this movie. Uh, but at the same time, it's like, you've not experienced inequities, but okay. <laughs> now we get your scene. <laughs> yes. Here's the Superman scene. There. Yes. <laughs> A classic Peter Parker conundrum. Mm-hmm. The people he cares about most are in danger. Final scene time. Wow, this movie really has been booking. It has. I just remember being in theaters and thinking how like this was the most dramatic scene I've ever seen of like Peter having to choose between MJ yeah. and the citizens and just being like, what's he going to do? Well, and I remember, I mean, we think about timing wise when this came out, mm -hmm. I like the way they ended up doing this scene. Um, cause it was after nine 11. Yes. Well, did it get delayed or they just removed the shot? Cause there was supposed to be a shot of the webs between the two towers. Right. The well, the very first trailer that came out was the one where he stopped a helicopter, and you and you don't. I don't think you really see the suit, and it was webbed up between the two towers. That's what it was. Yeah. And then there was one poster. My a friend of mine's dad has it. Mm -hmm. Um, at like at has a copy of the actual poster, where you see the twin towers in the reflection of the eyes. I think I vaguely remember that. I, you can find it on the internet. Also, Green Goblin is super strong to be able to hold this. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, he has serum, so like, yeah, he can do that. It's the one of my Captain America, not so much. 
I don't know if you could tell I stopped like commentating at all because I was trying to see if we could get away from it, but I knew I walked right into it. But no, I was going to say I am a sucker for any time Spider-Man will like pull back on like flags like he did there to slingshot himself. Yeah. I love those scenes. This is the Spider-Man version of the trolley car. Mm hmm. And the utilitarian would just let her drop and go save the rest. <laughs> but see, this is, again, what makes him amazing. He's able to pull off both. That's right. Again, like I said, like, it was he just finds like... the golden me. <laughs> like, I remember just being 11 and being like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And then just being so thrilled when he pulls it off. Oh, I love that shot. Yeah, such a good shot. MJ in one eye and the trolley in the other. Here he goes. You made your choice. Oh, wait, no, he saves both. <laughs> Let's just cut the movie off here. <laughs> well, well, you know, now knowing... The how iconic the the death of Gwen Stacy is. I wonder how much they were invoking that here. Oh, they had they absolutely, absolutely. See, this right here feels like the scene in Captain America where the the Nazi uh, Hydra agent throws the kid into the water and it stalls Cap enough to go check on the kid and the kid's yeah. like, I can swim! I can swim, I can swim. But what makes this cooler is that there's a time element where Peter has to do this until the boat gets closer. Right. That would cut your hands up. I know. Or at least get a metal splinter. Yeah. Yeah, I talked about being a kid in the theaters being like, oh, my God, oh, my God, here I am at 30 still like, oh, my God, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, they have to be go playing that's with a, that. That's a good catch. Mm -hmm. You know, I like how much they incorporate the citizens of New York. Yeah, in well, this that's trilogy. what I'm talking about, it, especially coming after 9-11. Mm -hmm. You know, and right, right, they're about to, he's about to have the guy on the bridge that yells, you know, this is New York. You mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. Mm -hmm. I, I, and at the time, to have to have that and to have that line so close to nine eleven was just so good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's that sense of unity. Yeah, but I mean, it, it feels integral to the Spider Man character. It is. Like, even before everything with 9-11. And notice, the person that had that mentality was wearing a Mets hat. Uh-huh. A Yankees fan wouldn't do that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was ready for the baseball <laughs> fill-in because I was lost. <laughs> <laughs> I... 
I like this scene because it's such a moody and dramatic scene. But man, it feels so drastically different to everything that just came before. Yeah. So we know MCU, No Way Home, Goblin's coming. Do you think we'll get a scene like this where they're fighting and then he gets plucked? Uh, or do you think we'll even see them in their original universes at all? I'm going to say that we're going to get Toby. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have a revisited this. Maybe even that move right there. But I think Toby dies. Oh wow! And he in 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 this of like in saving others. Mm-hmm. Heard it here first. <laughs> Unless you're listening to the backlog and No Way Home's already up, and we were completely wrong. You know. I asked you that question earlier about whether or not you adapt the suit differently or you keep it this way. Yeah. You pointing out like, yes, he's doing a great job with his eyes and being emotive that way. Yeah. I know they can do something more like this scene with a, maybe where you can see the mouth moving as well and the facial Mm -hmm. structure changing. I hope they do update it. The, the whole battle damage suit. And and, and I say battle damage on purpose because like, that's a thing in the comics. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes you see it or like, uh, Somebody will ask for, you know, commission a comic artist for original piece, mm-hmm. but say, no, I want the battle damage costume. And you see that? Like, I like that they did that here. Yeah. Well, it's a clever way because, like, you always want to get the main star's face in the yeah. shot. Like, I mean, that's why they're there. But you also, they're superheroes. You want to keep that mask on and present. So having the battle damage version of it is a good compromise. Oh, yeah. And it just looks cooler. Like, I'm familiar because I. I used to be a fan of this Dragon Ball Z game and Mm -hmm. you could play as Goku, but his alternate costume was battle damage Goku. And that was like (laughs) always the one that I played with. Cause that's what you think of when you think of these heroes just midway through the fight. Oh yeah. True villainy right here. I love, like, but I didn't try and kill you being a good enough defense to stop Peter. I'm getting echoes of the uh, Far From Home Mysterio scene. Mm-hmm.
That was a weird cut. It was a weird cut. And a very unfortunate placement of that glider. Mm -hmm. They could have gone a little bit higher on that. I never noticed that until now. So of, I think all three, I think Goblin, Doc Ock, and Sandman yeah. are coming in No Way Home. Really? Sandman? I think there was that shot where there was a sandstorm. Okay. Uh, if you had to choose, one of them gets to stay in the MCU by the end of the movie's resolution. Which one do you keep? Oh, man. It's, I, a, it's a, right now, as you ask it and gut reaction... It's a coin flip between Doc Ock and Osborne. Mm-hmm. I I'm there with you. I because we did that episode a long time ago about like if you could pluck a character, and I said Doc Ock before yeah. it was known. Um, because you're psychic. Because I'm psychic, but also like seeing this movie, the idea of a lingering threat of Osborne feels really exciting to me. Oh yeah. Somebody brought up the good point in the Marvel Studios subreddit of how good of a narrative drama it would be to have all this happen in No Way Home. Peter Parker now knows there's a universe where Osborn is a villain. Right. That one gets resolved and say Doc Ock stays, if that's my answer. Yeah. But then the MCU original Osborn comes into the fold and Peter will always have to wonder if this universe's Osborn is as evil Ooh, as the other one. Yeah. And so you have that play yeah. of which way he's going to go. Yeah. You know, you've made jokes about earlier how Peter Parker 
can't tell that she's into him earlier in the scene. Yeah. It's funny how he, she, here she was like laying out how special he makes her feel. Right. And he's got the smile on his face, smile on his face. She goes, I love you. And he goes, uh oh. Like you can see his <laughs> face change. He really is terrible at learning when MJ is into him. <laughs> he's just smiling, smiling. Uh oh. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, it's always bothered me mm-hmm. that she actually says Peter Parker rather than just Pete or Peter here. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that was something I wanted to bring up whenever we were talking about what if, but we just never got to it and it felt too nitpicky at the time. There was a scene in the eighth episode where Hawkeye and Black Widow were fighting the Ultron bots and Nat goes, all right, come on, Hawkeye. But it wasn't sarcastic. Like she was referring to him as a Hawkeye. I was like, no, she called him Clint. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, ju- I genuinely believe that is a lesson that Marvel has learned fairly well and consistently. Right. Treat the casual side of the superheroes as more important than the superhero side. Yes. Which, like, I love the- that we never... Excuse me. We always get shots of them in normal everyday clothes whenever they're not out there fighting. Right. Whereas sometimes other superhero films, you see them in their suit when they're supposed to be casual. Right. So whenever they break it like they just broke it there, it just feels weird. Yeah. This still looks so good. Oh, yeah. Of course, an important shot again. The flag. But it's super important. Like when you you think about the time. The context. It. Well, hey, we did it. We just did our first yeah. movie commentary. Here's the cast. Wow. That was interesting. It was fun. It was fun. It was fun. There is a part like, because this is our first time, we're still getting new at it. Uh, there's a part of me that's like, man, I really hope people aren't just trying to listen to this as a podcast. Because <laughs> there definitely are some moments where you need to be watching the movie. Right. Just in the way we don't describe it, but also we just kind of get sucked into the scene. <laughs> so, Well, you know what? I will say, as, as the credits are rolling... Uh, doing doing this the first time, there was elements where it was like, to be honest, I felt like I had to say something. Yes. And where are the proper parts to be the proper parts of the movie to be like, okay, now's the time to shut up. Mm-hmm. And and that was difficult. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like oh, wait. Chad Kroger. Okay. Nickelback. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I remember loving this song. Yeah. I think I even remember requesting this song on the local radio station. <laughs> <laughs> I used to call in all the time because yeah. I used to like frequently ride around with my dad. Yeah. And so like I would just had the local radio station's number saved to his phone and I would call them and ask nice. them to play songs. Nice. <laughs> but uh, no, I was going to say like having done podcasts, having done streaming, I have built in this internal feeling of like, you got to talk, you got to talk, just right. constantly right. talk. And so that feeling of like, no, sometimes let the scene breathe is weird. Yes. 
but it was fun. Mm-hmm. So we are not in the comic book world where there's Intex. You're right. Yeah. When did the Intex start for Marvel? Was it just Iron Man? It was just Iron Man. Hmm. Like it was. Wait, it was super was rare. It, wasn't there the intag of Harry discovering his dad's armory in two? I think that might be a stinger. Was it? Or is it just the end of the film? Or was that? That might have been just the end of the film. You mean you could just tell a complete story before the credits? <laughs> oh, man. You know, I actually have a bone to pick with that because I was listening to a podcast. It was a slash, the, well, the film cast now, they dropped the slash, mm-hmm. um, where they were going on about Shang-Chi. Yeah. And I, I'm going to keep it vague. I won't spoil anything because I know we're still not in that spoiler-free section of the movie. But they were going on about the movie and they were talking about how much they liked it. And then, of course, it had to do its Marvel thing where it connected to other stuff because of Intex. And I right. won't say any more than that. And then the person who's the big Marvel fan was like, well, come on, that's not fair. Like, it feels like holding the in tags against the story that's being told is unfair because like, oh, it is unfair. Those hundred percent are just like breadcrumbs. Yeah. It's a hundred percent unfair. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I had to say that to, to explain my little jab there. Right. But like, like before the in tag was really something I'm going to say this and I don't mean the way it sound. It was really something special mm-hmm. um, in that you never knew if it was if a movie was going to have one because most people didn't save for the credits yeah you know well, I, there's a website dedicated to letting you know now yeah like i didn't start staying for credits until i got i started going to to the art institute you know and really started to really dive in and learn about films okay there's like learning more about what all went into it mm-hmm. um i'm like oh i'm staying for the credits because like this is you know who put together this mm-hmm. um and like, what was it? Ferris Bueller had it in credits, and I'm not sure. Like, it's super famous, but otherwise, you don't really get a lot of in credits. Is this Limp Biscuit? Ooh, that sounds like Limp Biscuit. It does. I'm googling it now. What was the first post credit scene? The first film to feature post credit scene is The Silencers, released in March of 1966. The scene depicts lead character Matt Helm. Along with the cater of beautiful women in caption, Matt Helm will return. So okay. I, w- I wonder how much. Well, no, because James Bond does the James Bond will return, right? I think so. Okay. I was going to say if maybe the Marvel movies were playing om- homage to that. So here's, here's the Spider Man theme. I once got extra credit in an English class for knowing the lyrics to this song. That's fantastic. And I sang it in class. You. Clearly had a great English teacher. <laughs> oh, man. Filmed with Panavision. Those Actually, cameras are so awesome. I have a story to tell that I can't tell in the podcast, but I will tell you about the English <laughs> teacher after this. Just because it's too much revealing information, but you, they were definitely cool. In, in a, you're you're going to have a message in a couple of days from... Friend Daniel. From Friend Daniel. <laughs> what, what is that story you got to tell me? <laughs> I'll probably get some side-eye messages from Leech, like, so, English, huh? <laughs> Leech and Friend Daniel are two sides of the same coin. <laughs> yep. And that's the movie. And that's it. That's awesome. Yeah. So much fun. Well, uh, 
Thank you for Wait. doing this. What? The continue that just popped up is the Super Mario Brothers cartoon? Yeah. We were trying to show my nephew. <laughs> it does not hold up. <laughs> and not even like, uh, like, oh, it's just a kid's show. It's not good. Well, it doesn't have Chris Pratt as the voice. <laughs> <laughs> it all comes full circle. Anyways, thank you for joining us on this. <laughs> Tip to do a commentary. Yeah. uh, I don't know how frequently we'd be able to do this because I think I think we definitely need to be together to do this. I think so, too. So this is this is definitely an in-person thing. Mm -hmm. So whenever we get the chance, I'm sure we'll do more. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Let us know what you think. If you enjoyed this, if you got any feedback or suggestions, you can always reach us at MC. You need to know on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, yeah, that's where you can follow us and let us know. So you can also find bonus clips and, uh, extra ways to influence the show on those platforms. So give us a follow. Right. You can also scroll down to the bottom, click on the show in the show notes, click on the discord link, uh, join our discord. When you do, you'll find a community that really enjoys pop culture, MCU. Make sure you go to the roll assign, click on the eye emoji. So you have access to all the spoiler channels. Um, and of course, if you like what you hear, share with a friend. Yeah. We'd also like to thank Nick Sandy for the use of our theme song, which is his rendition of the Avengers theme. You can find more of his work on the SoundCloud, which is linked in the show notes as well. Well, that's going to do it. Thank you so much for listening and potentially watching. We'll see. And thank you, dude, for doing this. <laughs> You're welcome, Trey. <laughs> My internal clock's all turned off. I know. I we'll know. see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We're done. Yeah. Okay, you know what I like about watching movies at home? What? Versus the theater. It's like at home you can pause and go to the bathroom. Yes. But when we're recording like this, you can't pause to the bathroom. I have to use the, I have to use the restroom too. <laughs> well, oh we definitely God. got our intent. <laughs> oh, man. I think that's a wrap. <laughs>